yourself. I'm the mountain. Hey, everybody, we're back. Not going to roll through clickbait. There has been so much that has happened in the past couple of weeks since we last recorded. So we've got we've got some stuff to talk about. I'll leave it at that. We have our matches of the week. And then I am absolutely excited for another kind of segue away from the spotlight. We, in honor of Halloween, are going to do some of the best characters and gimmicks that we've ever known. And oh, boy, this is going to be fun. So I think we got a lot to talk about, Jen. So let's let's just dive in. And I Right before we join, um, I, you know, poor Jim, I think, has just unfortunately gotten to be our NWA guy, was our Impact guy, well, formerly known as Impact guy, now maybe going to be known as TNA guy. I don't know. But anyway, um, we, yeah, he's a big TNA guy. He's a TNA guy. Don't blame you, Jim. There's, one, there's, there's three things in this world that are for sure. Death, taxes, and my love of TNA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Oh man. Anyway. Um, no. So right before we got on, I had just was kind of, you know, scrolling through catching up, making sure there was nothing missed. And apparently I did miss something, um, that happened at the last NWA pay-per-view. And I just saw a clip of this and immediately started laughing. So Jim, I, what's going on with the NWA and why is this just so hysterically funny? I just, I, we, we've said many times before, there's something seriously wrong with Billy Corgan on a deep fundamental human level. And and this newest episode is, I think just the furthest proof of it. So at the, the last NWA pay-per-view, which was NWA Sam Hain or Shawane or Shaween, depending on how, uh, depending on how, uh, uh, you know, pricky you want to be about your, your Gaelic uh, pronunciations, but at NWA Sam Hain, there was this bizarre out of nowhere segment where the commentary team are sitting at the table and they're interrupted by father James Mitchell, as well as several, what I can only assume Billy Corgan thinks look like prostitutes (laughs) standing around a table doing scarface levels of cocaine and nobody knows why there's no like the commentary team is baffled every it has nothing to do with what's going on in the show it's just this random intercut oh by the way here's father james mitchell (laughs) doing blow with a bunch of hookers and (laughs) now i am i think i think my record is very clear on this I am I am a, a advocate for both blow and hookers. I, I believe that they serve a valuable role in society, but I just don't know what the fuck this was about at all. And it became very popular on Twitter. Uh, it, it got very popular <laughs> on Twitter. Go figure. Uh, with people go with the reactions ranging from "Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen" to sweet baby Jesus, what is happening right now uh, and everywhere in between. So, so yeah, so NWA apparently decided in the midst, mind you, in the midst of a television deal, right? NWA, uh, yeah. NWA trying to get a television deal right now, decided the way to really sweeten the pot was to (laughs) add a Coke fueled orgy to their programming. That's how you get on network television, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do it. Billy Corgan, <laughs> Booker of the Year, 
give him the award now, Dave Meltzer. Just give him the <laughs> fucking award right now. Just uh, yeah. Now, Tom, you had not heard anything no. about this. Oh my god, no, <laughs> dude. This is the funniest thing I've heard. Is it? Is it like legit? Were they like? Were they, no, they it's to the back too soon. No, no, they're at ringside. They're not in the back. They're yeah. at rings. They set no up way. like a card table. <laughs> yeah. Just, just it, why Father James Mitchell? <laughs> Nobody knows. Everything about it, Tom. You could say why anything after that, and the answer will be the same. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> <man>? <laughs> <laughs> Just it couldn't get me worse like having like Sven Gulli. Like so so were they like, yeah, that's a nice DDT, and they're just like glancing over there like um uh, what's Father James Mitchell doing over there? And he's just snorting coke. Yeah, with a spoon. He's got a plastic spoon and he's like shoveling it into his nose like it's fucking cereal. (laughs) He's just he's just going nuts on it. That is amazing. I just I don't everything about it is confusing and scary. Oh moment (laughs) moment of the year. Segment of the year, booker of the year, company of the year. (laughs) All all in one, like, one-minute clip. (laughs) You know, in television, there's an expression, jumping the shark, right? Where, where, you know, your your show does something crazy to try and, you know, get ratings. I think in pro wrestling, instead of jumping the shark, we have to call it blow orgy like you know like (laughs) the billy corgan the billy corgan effect (laughs) instead of jumping the shark it's snorting the blow yeah that's that's when you've gone too far father james montana isn't it what is is it tony montana you know say hello Uh, to my little friend (laughs) yeah i mean this is this is this is honestly i think could be up there in like katie vick level yes it it is so but it's so funny (laughs) for the sheer randomness of it is just what and then the fact but the thing that just kills me is that like billy corgan is like we're we're trying to get a tv spot and he's doing like that's what really cracks me up well remember this is this is the company that wanted us to believe that tyrus Oh yeah, was yeah, world yeah. champion material. They they clearly don't understand reality, and they lost touch with reality a long fucking time. Ago. I want to be a fly on the wall when they were creating that, and and everyone's because like it, it, NWA at this moment right now is like, hey, we'll just listen to the boss at this point because we're 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 barely getting by. So fuck it, let's just let's just see what we can do. And they're like, Billy Corgan's probably like. Okay, I got this crazy idea, you guys. Just hear me out. Father James Mitchell is going to do coke next to the, broad, the broadcasting booth. And everyone's like, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to fire me if I say yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, man. And then Raven just shows up. And oh, like, my God. Hey, it's Raven. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Oh, Dude, that's amazing! I yeah. have got to look this up. Yeah, it's. I'll it's send great. you a link to the video because, oh, like I said, it was you. it was all over Twitter, and I thought about sending it to you guys, but I was like, no, no, we beat up on NWA enough. I don't, <laughs> need, to, I don't, I don't need to throw more gasoline oh, on no, that. No, wonderfully thrown, I think, in my opinion. Oh my god! 
too great. So I, I love that, that their, their idea to get on television is to like do that. And then try <laughs> to get this, the most straight edge guy in the planet to join your company after that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure CM Punk's like, okay, all right. <laughs> I can't pay you the most, but, but we'll have a hell of a good time. Look, I got hookers and blow CM Punk. Now <laughs> right. you want to join my company? No, you happily married straight edge man. <laughs> Fuck. We're both Chicagoans, right? <laughs> you get it. You, get you it. understand it. <laughs> as American as apple pie and ice cream, hookers and blow. Let's do oh, that. man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boy, the NWA. <laughs> they just, oh, man. You know, that's so funny. I think that it's a perfect segue. Just, I mean, speaking of the NWA, boy, how they've fallen. And I guess this kind of goes hand in hand. Tom, I'll let you take the, the lead on this one. But, hey, who's excited for Ric Flair being back? Oh, my God. Crickets. Have you, have you like, seen his contract and everything? I didn't know if you were going to get into that, Tom, and, like, where his money's coming from. And, like, well, I read it. I, I just don't have it in front of me. I mean, Jim, Jim might have to reference that, but. Basically, before we get to the contract, uh, Tony Khan, uh, I, I don't know, Brilliantly. did he, did he no. listen to your podcast or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to prove those assholes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and uh, he, so uh, Ric Flair is now a part of AEW. Yeah. And on top of that, he tweets out this insane idea of getting in the ring with MJF. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys saw, which I, I know you guys did, the people who are listening to this, I don't know if they saw his last match, uh, where he almost died multiple times. Uh <laughs> he looked like, I mean, out of the gate within 30 seconds, he looked like he was having a heart attack. <laughs> I, I, why? Like why literally what is, what is, what is kind of thinking at this point? Why why on earth are we getting 80-year-old Ric Flair? In one of the, like the hottest young companies in the last like two decades, I don't understand it. It makes it makes no sense. No, it it you're absolutely right. Like he barely even when he came out and was talking with Sting or in Christian Cage, he was barely like you could tell he was he was. I mean, okay, I'll give him jitters. I'll give him that. But oof. no, no, I don't. No. I'm sorry. Fuck your jitters. <laughs> you've you've been in this business longer than I've been alive. How the fuck do you have jitters going out on a Wednesday night broadcast? No, no, I'm sorry. I don't fuck. Fair enough. The Wednesday night jitters. No. Oh no, Rick Flair's got the Wednesday night jitters. Oh, Flair, Flair and his jitters. (laughs) Oh man, but I understand it. I, I, well, he's, he's, he needs to just go away. And on top of that, Mike, uh, or was it Jim who somebody, I thought Jim was joking about the Ric Flair woo energy drink. No. And then I found it and it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't fake. The official energy drink of AEW. The official Ric drink. Flair. Yeah. Is woo energy. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast uh, praising Tony Khan for his leadership and for his, uh, you know, being so different from Vince McMahon and like having an ethic. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, I really, I felt I, I took it personally because I mean, you, I, I celebrate Tony Khan for banning Hulk Hogan for life for being a piece of shit. But then he turns around and gives Ric Flair a multi-year deal. 
I mean, what the what the fuck does the company get out of having Ric Flair there? Like, you're not getting anything out of this. Like, there's there's no value in it, let alone for a multi year deal. You see, you're just you're just giving money to a racist, sexist, homophobic, mm-hmm. sexual assaulter. Cool. That's yeah. Let's all get on board with that. Which I is mean, crazy. Yeah, you're right, Jim. Because like Tony Khan is like very progressive, very like. Yeah. You know, he's he's pro everything that we all believe in, but except for, yeah, the whole Ric Flair decision, and especially after the last episode, the mm-hmm. like the stuff I looked up on him mm-hmm. is is wildly insane. Like, I am shocked that Tony Khan was like pro, like, yeah, let's let's get him on board. And I think honestly, his I think his thinking, like, if I could defend Tony Khan for it, is that maybe he thought like, oh, well, WWE made it with Dusty. Well, I can use his counterpart, but it's like, it still doesn't make any sense because I, I it like, again, like last episode, this guy criticized Brett, uh, Brett Flair. Oh. <laughs> he criticized Brett Hart for, for everything that he did. And so like, and you, you're not going to, I'm sorry, man. You're not going to get the mind of Dusty. Out no, of right there. Absolutely no, not. No. So like, th- again, it's just like, what are you fucking thinking? Like, I don't understand it. No. And Ric Flair's never been the great mind of wrestling. No, he's, no. He's, he's never been the guy who had a brilliant creative plans. He's always just been a personality guy. He's a front of camera personality guy. He has nothing to teach, right? He's, he, he, he's, he's, let's, be, let's, let's be honest. Let's face reality. Ric Flair is senile. <laughs> Ric Flair is legitimately out of touch with reality. And he he's his ego's so goddamn big, he's not thinking about bringing anybody up. He's thinking about trying to put himself into a top position again because he's fucking delusional. Yeah, I mean, he thinks he's going to have a match with MJF. Are you fucking? Jeez, come on, man! Like, come on, MJF is younger than your children. Yeah, and you're gonna have a give me a fucking break. It's just it's, right. it's 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 beyond disappointing. It's sad. It's just a sad thing that you would have Ric Flair come in. Exactly. Yeah. No, I was. It was funny. Not that. I mean, it's a, it's a very serious. You bring up a really serious point. Not to get goofy again, you know. But part of me also wanted when he was like, "Your gift is," and it was RoboCop. Like that would have been. I would have lost my mind and whatnot. But <laughs> no, and and so you know, this is I think a good time to bring up the contract is actually so from my understanding and Jim, again, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Um, TK is really not paying him that much. It's the, it's the, the sponsorship through this woo energy drink or something, right. Mm-hmm. That is paying like 80% of his salary or maybe more or something like that. So I, maybe smart business move by Tony Khan is like, Hey, at least I've got, you know, I, again, you know, I, I'm trying to rationalize this. I'm not saying I agree with it. So I agree with you. It just makes no sense. It's, what can he bring at this point except the Rick Rick Flair? You know what I mean? So at least at least it's eyes. So I'll give him that. But like TK, shame on you, dude. Yeah, but I, I mean, the, the, the old adage, there's no such thing as bad press is bullshit. There is such right. a thing as bad press. And, yeah. and this is bad fucking press. It was unnecessary. It was completely unneeded. It is. It is. There's no upside. There's just no upside here. You don't need an official energy drink. If you were, why not go with an established brand? Who the fuck is going to like Ric Flair's woo energy drink has zero distribution. So you're not getting anything out of it from that. end. it's, it's going to be a defunct company within months. 
I mean, yeah. if, 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 if by, you know, by June, it is still afloat, it'll be an absolute miracle. What do you really get out of this? It, it, there's, it's nonsensical. It's the move of somebody who's just a fanboy and yeah. a fanboy who lost, lost his direction a while ago. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And chances are too. And it's just like, I've, I get, like to your point, Jim, you know, that if this whatever company or, you know, I don't know if it's like something it, it's AEW, it's well, it wouldn't be AEW owned, but I don't know what they have stake in it. But like you said, you know, if, if, if the organization itself fails or whatever, but like, I've never heard of this stuff before. And usually there's trial and error when you release something. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if someone's like, oh, I've had three heart attacks while I'm drinking. You know what I mean? And like that, <laughs> that well, I mean, that's essentially like, I mean, you know, I think it was, what was one of them got either like some of them got shut down or whatever. Cause it was like quadruple the like drop of caffeine or it was in, it's like insanity with some of the, the crap they're putting in some of this stuff. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not touching that shit. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't trust established energy drinks. There's no fucking way I'm going to trust a guy who's incredibly well known for fucking dropping roofies in people's drinks. Why would I buy a drink from him? Why would I buy a drink from somebody who is notorious for dropping H bombs in people's drinks so he could fuck with them later? No, I no. it's going to be for local, but like without the alcohol. I don't No, Thank you. No, thank you. I also, I also think, uh, it's, it's very strange that, uh, Ric Flair has almost died like multiple times recently that you're going to, you're going to hire this dude to be on your show that could possibly die within any moment now. And like, to me, that just makes absolutely no sense. Like strip everything away of Ric Flair. Like that would be to me like, Hey, guess what? We pulled Stan Hansen out of retirement to, you know, come to our show and it's like what why the dude's old like <laughs> leave him alone but you're absolutely right jim it, 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 all it boils down to is is rickler's broke uh he needs money and he's going to do everything that he can to put himself as like the face of that company and it's mm-hmm. it's gonna look just it's it's gonna just be miserable this is gonna be just a horrible horrible like just just a downfall of rick flair which is already happening the right. slow decay. Yeah, the Rick slow turn of the end of Ric Flair. Not, not to not to keep harping on Flair, but um, I think last um, you know, uh, I, I don't know something to talk about. I guess with this is um, so you know, my wife who's been on the podcast a couple of times, she has some coworkers that love wrestling, and they actually they do listen to the podcast, etc. Hi, and whatnot. Yeah, and hey, uh, they um. They brought up an interesting point where, um, you know, Kate was like, yeah, yeah, my coworkers think he's coming back to die in the ring, like legit pull a wrestler. And I was like, I haven't seen that rumor. I'm like, okay, maybe we can, you know, you've heard it here first, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. But I mean, seriously, like, like hearing you guys kind of talk about it and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope to God that's not true. Cause what a horrific, like, that's awful. Like, no, don't know. Like separate fact from fiction, dude. Like, It's it's time to walk away. <laughs> well, and and again, it it speaks to how delusional he is mm-hmm. and how out of touch with reality is that I'm sure in his mind that's a poetic thing, not not a scarring thing, not a traumatizing mm-hmm. event for people. That's a I'm building a legacy because he's fucking deluded, man. Yeah. He's, he's lost his fucking mind. Yeah, I was I was just gonna. Add, I think Jim said it perfectly. I think he's delusional. He's out of touch and. 
yeah, I think he he's looking at this as, as like, how poetic would this be to, to end my career, literally end my career in the ring. And like, I think that's what he honestly was trying to do. And him and Andrade had that match with, uh, was it Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal? Yeah. I mean, there, there was times where like people in the audience, I even think undertaker was like, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I think he's almost dead. Like there was times where like he looked like, Oh, I, I think they're going to call like medics out and, and like, yeah, no, that's actually really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't heard anything about like him wanting to die in the ring, but like, I, I, I honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be, I would I'd just be like, Oh, well he he's lost. He has lost touch with reality, but he, he literally has no idea who he is anymore. The fact, like, I think there was a documentary about it. Uh, I think it was a 30 for 30 where I, it, I think triple H said it best. He was like, he has no idea who Richard, what is his name? Richard Fleer Fleer. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's like, he, 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 that guy doesn't exist anymore. And mm-hmm. so like, he's, he's just, he's lived the gimmick for so long and he's lived this image of like the nature boy. I'm this guy. He has no idea who he is anymore. So yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, that would be terrifying and, and really awful for him to do that to like Tony Khan's company. But I, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I just I thought I'd bring that up because I was like, oh, God, no, I hope not. You know, because like the gym, I mean, that's traumatizing. Imagine seeing some little kid, you know, or, or I guess not some little kid, but Ric Flair dying in the ring and some little kid seeing that. Like, that's mm-hmm. awful. That'd I think as a parent, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not bringing my kids back to this. And guess what you just did, dude? You know, yeah. like, so I hope he, I, I really hope this is it's just for, you know, again, he's I don't mean this in a good way or, you know, celebrating it, that he's just being a fanboy trying to get, you know. I don't know, clicks and and eyes on his product. So hopefully with that, but Hey, no, speaking of uh, eyes on product or lack thereof, um, I think it's a good, it's a good time to bring up um, the past couple of NXTs. And I guess apparently, I don't know if it was because they just did Halloween Havoc. So I, I don't know if it was this week. Two Halloween Havocs. Two, which two. makes no sense. Um, <laughs> Halloween Havoc was a great pay-per-view. I remember it. Cause I was, that's what kind of spurred on our, um, our topic later was I'm like, God, man, I was like, well, how much fun would it be to talk about Halloween Havoc? Just the, like, I loved Halloween Havoc and it was oh, just, yeah. they, they played up the Halloween. It was great. Anyway, I guess, I think it was the first, the first Halloween Havoc, which is the one, was the one after they went head to head or maybe the weekend or something. I, it was very close to that. And I guess, um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was one of the biggest drops they've ever had. <laughs> um, they like in demographic in viewership and it's just funny. And, you know, I, it, wrestling is wrestling watch wrestling no matter what you know whatever blows your hair back but it's just funny that they went just oh my god we're the best and just tried to trump AEW and it was like no John Cena and the Undertaker are the best everybody else on your product sucks and you know maybe this is a good time too and I mean they're just doing confusing things like where um what is was it jensen or was it briggs one of those guys was it briggs that was jensen was, was it jensen? jensen jensen comes out what he looks like he just walked out of uh what, what's the steak shop or what and where they get the jackets the oh um ribera yeah ribera ribera yeah. jacket to journey and all of us were like we stand <laughs> <laughs> the weird, the weird. Yeah. Isn't that the one where the video is where they're like, they're all standing together and like playing air. They're like yeah, air, they're air playing their instruments. Separate ways. Yeah. Separate ways. Yeah. Separate ways. find you. <laughs> Break Me. those chains that bind you. Oh, so, so great. Oh, anyway, made no sense for this guy, but just, 
I just, it made me happy that, uh, you know, they were just like, we're the best, we're the best. And then just absolutely plummeted. So I, I, again, I don't have the numbers, but I've tried to watch it a couple of times. I was traveling uh, this week and was like, I got some time to kill. And I was like, yep, nope, I'm going to go. I actually shut it off to go do work. <laughs> it was so bad. And so, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And I mean, do you think, I mean, is it going to get any better? Is it, what is going on over there? You know, I think we've, we've criticized NXT probably just as much as NWA. Um, it's really bad. The product is garbage. And, and the, I can never say his name. Uh, shocker. The, who's their champ right now? Ilian Drugnov, Dragnov. So yeah. Drago, let's just call him Drago. <laughs> the little I mean, Russian guy. Yeah, the little yeah, Russian the little, guy. The little Russian. He's, he's, I think he's pretty entertaining and I don't understand. Oh, he's great. He's in NXT. And like, if you're thinking about future wise, like putting him on the main roster, he doesn't fit anywhere. He would just be like another, like he would just have another banger with Gunther or whatever, Walter or whoever, but (laughs) it's really bad. It is like unbearably bad to watch. Like their promos are crap. They're, they're like, their announced team is atrocious. Like, I, I'm sorry, man. Booker T just needs to go away. He, I don't know. Did you guys watch it where he was like, <laughs> he did this like weird, like, <laughs> like, yell? It was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, I'm like you, Mike. I, I, I only, I actually only just like watch highlights of it. Um, and even when I'm watching highlights, I'm just like, click. It's like hard to get through. We are off far, far, far away from like the NXT takeovers. And that's mm-hmm. pathetic. It's really bad. Even, even like there, um, I was watching an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet with um, Karrion Cross, And they're like thinking about having him come back to NXT. And I'm oh, like, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, no. on. Like, what are you guys doing down there? Like, you're really going to try to push Baron Corbin when he's been what on the main roster for already for like, six years right or something he's been there for a long time yeah well i think i think they're trying to do really quick to before i think they're trying to make him into like the next biker taker to be honest god it's it's another try yeah because he's coming out on a motorcycle now and oh my god yeah cool so cool you think about you know for for forever for not forever but for several years there was they pushed back so hard on the idea of NXT being developmental, right? And and there was a point there where absolutely NXT was on par, if not superior, to Raw and SmackDown. And now it's almost as if like Shawn Michaels was like, "Fuck it, we're developmental," and he just he's just he's he's leaning into the idea of being develop, developmental because yeah, they're they're putting guys they're putting people on shows that aren't ready at all they're not oh, ready to be 100%. on tv yet um and and there there's there's no developed characters there and they're flushing out ideas on the fly and so many undersized guys who you know are, i mean look at johnny gargano johnny gargano and tommaso champa owned nxt oh and now they're just a fucking punchline on the main roster. That's mm-hmm. exactly what Carmelo Hayes will be. That's exactly what it's, it's Dragunov, not Dragovich. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but Ilya Dragunov. It's exactly what would happen to him. That's what happened to uh, 90% of the roster of NXT is they'll get mm-hmm. to the main roster and, and be a laughing stock. 
Yeah. Butch, do I need to go any further? <laughs> no. And I think, oh, you know, and I think you guys hit on, yeah, I know. It, um, and it's surprisingly, he comes back and has a banger. Like he has a series of bangers cause they let him go mm-hmm. and it's, it's just ridiculous. But I think one of their biggest issues is, and this is why, again, you know, it's, I think we're starting to really also see the, if it hasn't been drawn before the line between sports entertainment and professional wrestling. Is NXT back in the day, they were getting actual wrestlers, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. And now they're getting athletes, Gable Stevenson. They're getting not even media, the Cavinder twins who have never stepped foot in a wrestling ring and they're just bringing them in for their name. What is it? NIL prowess, basically. And the fact that of the marketing camp, the Logan Paul, like, okay, maybe he's an anomaly because what's that? Are those who the twins? They're twin. They're twins. They're called the Cavinder twins. They're two. They played what ball at? Um, they're two girls. Yeah. They're um like identical oh, twins, and one of them's no. I mean, it's okay. Um, yeah. No. I. Everybody's like who and whatnot. You can but be I think forgiven for not knowing who the fuck they are. Yeah. Because I didn't. Because I was like, who the fuck? And I mean, literally, when they were in college, they like sophomore year, they were already like once the N- the NCAA I think relinquished. You know that they can actually market themselves. They're they were like millionaires overnight. It's insane. Um, but wow. one of them, I think it's the oldest one. Well, oldest one um, is actually can ball. Like she's actually a pretty good ball player. And a lot of them are really surprised that she didn't jump up to the W. I mean, she could have gone to the, like, probably not, you know, like a uh, uh, Candace Parker or, um, oh my God, um, Brittany Griner, something like that. But she'd been a good six man, she, sorry, six woman. Um, you know, she would have been really good. And then her sister was like, eh, you know, she was a good supporting cast, but I mean, they started, and went to varsity and then they built this like Cavinder empire and they are, I guess, dead set on becoming wrestling. And it's like entertainment. It's just becoming mm-hmm. entertainment. And I think Shawn Michaels is like, all right, fuck it. I, I gotta give them something to work with. And it's just, yeah. So I think that's why we're, we're really seeing the line because I mean, who really, what wrestlers like, Oh man, I actually, you know, want to go to NXT, you know, and I'm surprised, really surprised. Um, I'm going to butcher her name, but Laura Valkyrie. Yeah. I can't think of her name, but she was a, she was great there. She was great on the indie. She was really big in the European scene. Um, so, you know, kudos to her. I think she's going to be, uh, hopefully we'll see, but you're, I think you're starting to see less and less indie talent act. They're going to go, Oh God, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm going to be, you know, an entertainer versus a wrestler. And I mean, if that's what you want, so be it. Right, you know, and, to Jim's point though, like as, as far as it being a developmental, like if it's like a developmental territory, kind of like, it reminds me a lot of, uh, um, uh, geez, even though what was the, what was before NXT? It was, uh, OV, FCW. Oh, well, no, no FCW, but it was OVW, right? Yeah. There was OVW, OVW still exists though. Right. Correct. OVW was the developmental territory and then it moved to FCW, which then became NXT. Because when when it was OVW, like when Brock and everyone was going through the system, they were like greener than green. Like if you've seen footage of them, they were just like super green, and that's what it really, really reminds me a lot of. And 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 like to to get to to like what Jim said, but like you're bringing in people who have like honestly, I, I can't say no business being in wrestling, but like you have football players who are, who've never stepped foot in a ring and you're trying to train them. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you've got, you're big and have a lot of muscles. So go out there, go, 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 go get some TV time. And it's just, it's, it's bad. It's just bad for the product. Von Wagner is the example for me. That guy is the drizzling shits. Von Wagner is absolutely fucking terrible, but he's tall. And so they're, you know, well, obviously he's going to be a good prospect because he's tall, 
No, he's fucking terrible. He has he's a charisma vacuum. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he an awful. absolute black hole of charisma. He is not progressing in ring whatsoever. He's he can't sell for shit. But yet here he is on TV as much as they can. Right. They keep pushing the guy. They keep make trying to make him a thing. You know, it's it's like mean girls, you know, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's, you know, stop trying to make Von Wagner happen. It's just not going to Dude, he's, let yep. the fuck go. He's also, again, because I'm the superficial one of the group, he is a weird looking dude. <laughs> he looks like the missing link. He looks like we're not sure how we got from Neanderthal to human. I think Von Wagner is the answer. I think that's how we got from Neanderthal to the Homo sapiens. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. He's got this weird brow ridge that really he does. Like, it's so, he's so weird looking. He is very ape like. He's, he's reminiscent of an ape man. When he first came out, I was literally, I was legitimately like, huh, huh. like, <laughs> I was scared. Honestly, I was like, oh. they found him. They found him missing link. <laughs> See, now if he was hailing from parts unknown, that would make sense. Perfect Repackage sense. Perfect him. He's not, sense. he's not Von Wagner. He's Von. <laughs> and then like he comes out and he's just from parts unknown and he's this hulking oh, yeah. beast. Oh, and, man. Okay. He has to, yeah. Like walk and uh, <laughs> the Yeti. Like, yeah. The Yeti. The Yeti. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, poor Von Wagner. Oh, man. Poor Von Wagner. <laughs> you have just, sympathy for the weirdest fucking people. I, yeah, man. Just, hey, I look like a weirdo for a long time. Maybe he's just, he hasn't grown out of it yet. Poor guy who's three, three steps down from the evolution chain. <laughs> His ugly duckling phase has taken a few more years longer. Yeah, than yeah, should, yeah, right, on, guys. <laughs> oh, no need man. To be mean about it. Oh, no. Oh, God. Again, poor Von Wagner. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, speaking of just even a few years or maybe soon to be even shorter, um, sounds like Drew McIntyre has not yet signed uh, on the dotted line. Um, and apparently all signs, his uh, contract expires in five months, I guess. And if you think about it, what's right around the corner after that, all in. And so he Ooh. may be playing the long game here. And I mean, hey, wait up to the last minute. What are you going to give me? And then TK can go, here's a whole shit ton of money. Come and pop up at all in. I, I don't know. I've clearly speculation, but if it happened, you heard it here first, uh, you know, but I mean, what do you guys think about this? That, I mean, do you smart move? I mean, it, it worked for Moxley um, who yeah. essentially just let his contract ride out. And I mean, he's making a ton of cash, um, you know, and doing well, I would say, I mean, for all intensive purposes, he's doing very, very well. I don't think it was strictly a money move, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Before Jim uh, chimes in real quick, I have to give a compliment to Mike and I hope our listeners does, uh, does, does too. <laughs> I hope they do too. But Mike, you have perfect segues. You have <laughs> flawless segues and it needs Dude. to be acknowledged. We're over what? 32 episodes in. Mike, you got killer segues. Thank you. You're great, man. Sultan of Segway. Yeah, it's just <laughs> phenomenal. You're just, you're very good at that, man. Thank you. Uh, my, uh, well, I guess since I'm talking, my thoughts. Say, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of segues, how are you going to go back into the yeah. point now, Tom? Speaking of segues, let's go back to Von Wagner for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something to say about yeah. I'm just saying, that fucker yeah. fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the yeah. way down. Every Wait, Let me talk about VW for a minute, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, There's there's been a lot of like speculation that he's going to replace Damian Priest in the Judgment Day. 
Um, I've heard, I've heard that. I doubt it. I, I really do. Um, I, I would love to see him. I would love to see him branch out. I think he's, he's done everything that he can. WWE royally screwed him over. I would, if I was McIntyre, I would have, I would take that extremely personal. Um, cause he carried that company during the pandemic during like the worst years of everyone's lives. Um, I would love to see him in AEW. Honestly, hell, I, I I would love to even see him like back in TNA, uh, where they they let him loose. Like when he's not confined as you know Drew McIntyre is like the ex chosen guy for for McMahon. Like when he was doing when he got released and he was starting to build his his craft his character, that was flawless. He was amazing. He was doing a lot of really great stuff, and so I, I think AEW would be a great fit for him, but. They have to give him. They have to give him something. They can't do what they're doing with Keith Lee and other wrestlers and just say, "Hey, we've got all these amazing wrestlers. Now what?" So yeah. he's he's got to be. I mean, if they have Edge and McIntyre, would be huge. They they got to start making a push to make people like the face of that company. Um, I know MJF is, but other than that, like it's it's too all over, and I could see him getting lost in the shuffle. So it's like mm-hmm. Khan's got to really pull the trigger and make somebody. It, whether he's an ex WWE guy or not, like a predominant face of that company. It all comes down to, to me at least ultimately, what is drew Galloway's motivation? Is he a money guy or is he a love of the game guy? Cause if you're a love of the game guy, how the fuck do you not go to AEW? Um, I mean, you, you see how, how much fucking happier of a human being John Moxley is since he made the move, right? You, you, you're looking at opportunities to face guys that you, that will never be in WWE wrestling matches that you will never have if you stay in WWE. Will Ospreay's contract is coming up with New Japan. It is highly speculated he's not going to re-sign with New Japan. To me, AEW makes the most sense because why the fuck would you go to WWE and be neutered? Um, You know, for Drew Galloway to have matches with some of those guys in AEW, and again, Drew Galloway, the, the TNA yep. guy, the PWG guy, the guy who was making himself. If that Drew Galloway shows up in AEW, there are going to be some timeless fucking matches going on right out of the gate. But you're absolutely right, Tom. He, he can't get lost in the shuffle like so many of those other guys do. But he's such a big guy. He's such a big presence. I think it'd be really hard to get lost. I think it'd be really hard for him to just kind of disappear. Keith Lee is a phenomenal talent, but he's also not aggressive, right? Keith Lee is not an aggressive guy. Drew Galloway is going to make himself known every fucking time he goes out there. So I, I, I think, yeah, I think he's better off leaving WWE, but at the end of the day, if you're just here for the money, if, if you know, you're, you're, I want to secure my future. I understand. Stay in WWE. Get the yeah. bag. Could you imagine? Uh, because you're like, a, I know you're big. God damn. I was about to say NWA guy. Jeez. Well, I'm sorry for everybody. Uh, I know you're a big New Japan guy. Could you imagine the terror as like the, the big gaijin over there? I was just going to say McIntyre. I'm sorry. Galloway versus Okada. Imagine that Drew Galloway, PWG, TNA, the Evolve indie guy, or uh, the IW. What's the one over in Ireland? Is it IWC? <laughs> yeah, IWC. You're you're always which one over in Ireland? I don't I know. But I mean, it's that, that, money forgets our Ireland brother. Yeah, right. No, um, the but Drew Galloway versus Okada, please, or Holy like he shit. he takes over chaos. 
the the stable. Uh, the, oh my god! Like, Wait, could you I imagine, almost wanted to go do that sushi? for a couple of years. Mm. Like, do that for a couple of years, build it up, and then come to AEW. Oh my god! Like, bring that reign of terror back, and like, just you know, oh my uh, god. I, sorry, t- what were you going to say, Tom? No, I was just going to say like dream matches, like him and Suzuki, um, him and uh, yeah, Okada. What's that? Yeah. The stone pit all those guys, all the, all the, and, uh, new Japan, I was going to say it again. NJPW, uh, all those guys, all your, your like stable dudes over there. Yeah. He would, it would, it would be amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Hey, but well, we'll see what happens, but, uh, oh, real quick, like no. with Osprey though, they're, uh, if, if he does go to WWE, it's gotta be a very, very limited contract because he is like, like, chomping at the bit to, to fight Rollins. I don't know if you guys have seen that. They're like back and forth, like crazy online. And I get it. It's probably just for fun, but like, I don't know, man, he really wants to wrestle Rollins. I, does he, I think he does. To me, it's, it's like the new day and the elite, right? I think it's, I think it's a a purely online rivalry. Because I don't think either one of them is willing to go where the other one is. <laughs> well, Rollins for sure is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go to New Japan. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> sure. 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 Man. Well, um, yeah. More to, I guess, more to follow uh, with McIntyre. It's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a really interesting summer. And, um, and uh, you know, here we go. Something else that's interesting uh, is um, MLW seems to be losing some folks lately. Um well, I guess they lost two. Um, I, I gonna, I, it, I just don't, I cannot remember their names. I know one is the one is from the famed uh, Anoya family, um, and then Lance, Lance Anoy, Lance, Lance Anoy, and then Juicy, Juicy Finale. Juicy Finale. Okay, and then word on the street is is that um, uh, Hammerstone also Alex Hammerstone put in his request for his release, but it was denied. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was even denied before they even told him. So he found out like, kind of like what I would assume by something like this and just not, not a good look, you know, court Bauer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you might want to tell him and whatnot. And I guess like, he's just, he's it's, you know, they haven't used him. He was hurt. And I think that's why he had to actually um, end up getting up, getting the title up, but he had what a two year run with it. Or was it, so I know he had two titles at one point he had the, he had their what was it open weight or never weight? He was their champion for like yeah. years, and then he he won the title from um, Jacob Fatu in a great series. That oh, that was yeah. actually that was a really good series, and then he lost it because, like I said, I think he got hurt or it was just you know they were moving on. But like I guess they just you know I don't know. I'd say let the guy go. Like what what, what else are you going to have him do? I mean MJF did that. Um, you know I know Jacob Fatu. I think resigned with MLW. Um, you know, for whatever reason that is, but Hammerstone, he's just one of those guys that, yeah, he's a, I could see him easily going to WWE, um, you know, and getting in that he's just, he's a big body guy, all that fun stuff. But no, just, I I don't know if you guys can shed some light on the other two, uh, wrestlers and whatnot. And if that, you know, what do you guys think? Is it going to damage MLW just because, you know, that's a lot of releases in in one time, um, you know, kind of maybe, you know, sets the smell, <laughs> the, the smell meter off a little bit, like mm, something might not be right. So what do you, anything, uh, anything to add guys? Every time a Samoan wrestler uh, is available on the market or, or is even making a name for himself, there's the speculation that they're going to be part of the bloodline, right? There's yeah. just, just this automatic assumption. And, you know, and admittedly Lance 
Inouye has actually been on WWE TV before, you know, and, and he was acknowledged as Roman Reigns cousin. He was brought in to, to job out so that, you know, to make, uh, you know, to, to, to fuel this, this, this feud between Roman Reigns and, I don't even remember who at this point, but it was, it was, you know, they brought in, you know, and they acknowledged this is his cousin, Lance Annoy. And so, you know, there's people speculating on that. And Juicy Finale is not part of the Annoy family, but, you know, oh, he's vaguely Pacific Islander looking. Therefore, he's probably part of the bloodline. Uh, you know, so they, I don't think that those two leaving MLW is going to be a huge loss for MLW. And I don't think either one of them is going to show up in WWE anytime soon. I think the most likely landing spot for those two would be TNA. Uh, I don't even think they'd be on AEW's radar, to be perfectly frank. I think Hammerstone is a much bigger deal. And, oh, yeah. you know, I think it was it's a no brainer. You don't release him until you have to because the guy's a star. I mean, he yep. is a phenomenal talent for that company. Uh, I, I think he I think Hammerstone would be making a mistake to go to WWE. I think he would absolutely get lost in the shuffle over there. Uh, I, I think he would be forgotten as soon as he showed up. I think Hammerstone in New Japan. I think Hammerstone and pro wrestling Noah. I, I I think Hammerstone in Japan would be great. I think that'd be a great fit for him, but I understand him not wanting to be an MLW. I completely understand that. Uh, he, I, I'm sure he feels like he's outgrown it. And in a lot of ways he has, uh, but for now and annoying, I, I, I don't know where they think they're going to go from here, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be WWE. I'm telling you that much. Yeah, I could I could agree with more with you, Jim. I think you're going to see those two dudes over in TNA for sure. And I think it, 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 they would get on somebody's radar once they they have some some bigger bigger TV time than MLW because I don't even think MLW has TV. Do they? I they do. It's like a weird. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure what they have to be honest. Channel I mean, they have, 400 on Direct TV. I don't know. <laughs> But I, MLW is like, they're, they're a great company. They're, they're, but they're a stepping stone company. And like, I, I don't want to like downplay them and I don't want to like, you know, obviously like shit on them, but like we need companies like that. The wrestling or like the wrestling business needs companies like MLW and uh, what's the one from AAW, I think is from Chicago. Like they need those kind of, smaller companies to, to really hone in their craft. And like, like you said, Mike, Jacob Fatu and, and Hammerstone had phenomenal matches, but like Jim also said, there is no way in hell that they could have those matches in WWE. And, and, and if he wants, to, if Hammerstone wants to be completely neutered and just be a big body guy, how many times have we seen WWE bring in guys who try to look like Brock Lesnar and just fail miserably because they're not allowed to be like who they are and Hammerstone can move. Hammerstone is another dude, another big dude who can move like a cruiserweight, but they wouldn't let him do it. So he would just be like a five, five moves of doom guy. And then yeah. people would just board with him. Fair so enough. I think, I think for sure, Jim, 100% agree. New Japan, uh, Noah, hell, even, even, um, uh, triple a or, uh, was it CML, CM, CMLL, CMLL. I think he would, he would do great over there. Just keep, yeah. keep honing, keep, keep, keep grinding. And then I think we could see him, you know, eventually head over to AEW or like 
eventually WWE where, you know, he can retire and just make a boatload of money. But yeah, yeah. I, I too, he would be too soon to go over to WWE. No, fair enough. No, those are good points. Yeah. I just, it was, I was, when I heard him and they denied it, I was like, wow, that's interesting. I'm surprised. Cause usually they've been like, okay, you know, onto greener pastures, you know, or, 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 you know, take the next step. So I, I guess, you know, it's a testament to how good he is in MLW. Like you said, Jim really wants to keep onto him until you absolutely have to let him go. Or, you know, he just either writes out his contract or something and then does, you know, what he wants. But I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think he'd get lost in the shuffle with WWE, but man, that lot of fun over in new Japan that he'd be a lot of fun. I could see him um, kind of filling the, the missing God, cause he's fallen so far from what he used to be like a Carl Anderson type role, you know, um, ex- like just that kind of, not like the fun, like bullet club guy, but just like a good solid hand who, who just builds and builds that reputation, uh, et there. And then the other two guys, yeah, I, it sounds like, I mean, I didn't know who they really were. Um, so I can't imagine that they're, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but I mean, I just, you know, I didn't really know who they are. I mean, you hear the annoy family. So you're like, oh, okay. Like, but you don't immediately think of Lance, you know, when you hear that, that name and stuff. So TNA hundred percent, um, maybe even a, a quick tour on the Indies, like DDT pro, something like that, you know, just keep, keep grinding away. So, but boy, uh, speaking of grinding, um, I was going to bring, uh, this guy up for just getting injured, but then. He drops a fucking wicked promo that gets me really, really excited for January 4th. And that is nothing other than Mr. I can't stop getting hurt, Brian Danielson. Uh, (laughs) And um, the third time in a year with, I think it was the concussion, the arm, and now this, um, his orbital bone. Um, You know, but the guy is, is, you know, Tom made a a comment that, um, you know, when he he did break his orbital bone or if it it just, you know, was on its way to being broken, he still wrestled that match with Andrade you know, for another how many more minutes and then came out the next week and took not only an orange punch, but then a goddamn rainmaker. And I think it was just a combination of all that that finally did him in. But man, that guy just continues to be just a slab of iron and like just will not stop. But, um, you know, I guess the good news is out of this, because like I said, he cuts this promo where, um, you know, because a lot of people thought it was the Rainmaker and you could tell already everybody was like, oh, God, is stiff and this and that. And I, I actually kind of want to uh, uh, like either applaud. I don't know if it was Brian Danielson's camp or AEW that was like, no, no, you know, hey, wait, this happened before this. It's nobody's fault. You know, this was an it. So it was really interesting that they, they seemed to get on top of it pretty quick. But I, this is where it's like, I don't know if it's Brian Danielson or TK, but they immediately turn it around to it's an arm for an arm and an eye for an eye. And we get Okada, hopefully. Okada and Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom, which is like, oh my gosh, like everybody's wanted Danielson to, I don't know if he went to New Japan, but I don't think he ever did. Well, that's um, just it. He's, he, they're wrestling in Tokyo. They're wrestling. Right. And he's been saying, or Danielson's been saying for a long time, that's a dream venue for him. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is seeing Danielson in that environment. Oh my God. <laughs> With like, and he's going to bring the American crowd, which is great yeah. because it's more eyes on the Japanese. I mean, this could be huge. And I mean, the Tokyo Dome, I think minimum is like 80,000 people mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, you damn right. I'll be up three in the morning watching that match. Mm-hmm. If that ends up happening, like, cause you know, it's gotta be, I mean, I can only think that they're going to put Okada over. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen him lose in Japan. I'm sure he has. Well, yeah, he has, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I, that that's like wrestle kingdom is like his that's, that's Okada's fucking event. You know what I mean? So like, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. And Oh man, I'm all, all about that. But like, 
you know, so to kind of go back to my, one of the things I, like I said, was going to originally bring it up was like, is, is Brian getting into the, like, he's just injury prone now. Um, just given his age and the fact that he just refuses to kind of, he's definitely slowed down for sure. You can tell I'm it with his, obviously with his head injuries, but he, he got another concussion earlier. You know what I mean? So it's like, is this going to be, you know, I am not comparing him to Ric Flair, but just the situation where it's, and he's openly said he has no idea what he's going to do, you know, when he's done wrestling and whatnot. And I think he's, I think, you know, the first retirement maybe got him better at like, he's working with creative, et cetera. And yeah, I know he's flexing his muscle on collision, et cetera, and stuff like that. But like, is this, are we seeing, you know, kind of, are we going to start seeing the end of Brian Danielson? Do you actually think he's really going to retire, et cetera, all that fun stuff. And, you know, yeah, just have be interested to hear what you guys think about this. Well, first and foremost, we need to acknowledge Nigel McGinnis's brilliant nickname uh, for him. And that is brittle Danielson. Uh, (laughs) I keep, I keep, I keep hearing that in my head over and over again. I'm like, Oh, that's just too good. Uh, But secondly, yeah, he's absolutely going to retire. I think there's no two ways about it. I think he's, he's one of those guys who's, who means it, you know, and he wants to have a life beyond pro wrestling. You're, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to do, but he knows he's got kids and he knows he wants to spend time with those kids and it wants to make it quality time. You know, I I think any company in the world, any, any professional wrestling company in the world would absolutely throw their doors open for him to be in a backstage role. uh, Once he retires from entering competition and, and be thrilled to have him and be lucky to have him. Um, but yeah, I, I think especially considering he knows he's on his last legs of his career, I think that's pushing him to go even harder. Um, he wants to go out big, you know, because he knows he's, he's given it an end date. He's already said, I want to be done by this time next year. So he's going to push himself really, really hard to have those huge matches he wants to have. Um, and yeah, wrestling Okada in the Tokyo Dome. Fuck. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't get much bigger than that in modern professional. I wouldn't mind. Honestly, I wouldn't mind if Okada lost. I feel like it would be a great send off to, to Danielson that oh, he's the one guy that Okada couldn't beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be, uh, I think that would be perfect ending for, for him. And yeah, Jim totally agree. I, he's going to retire. I, I don't think he's going to, he's, he's too much of a smart dude to, to hold on. Um, like, like Flair did. I mean, even if when you hear interviews about like his recreational life outside of wrestling, he's a very, very intelligent guy. And I, I think he's just, he knows his time's coming to an end. And I think after he had that, you know, concussion, I think that was when he started to get really serious again and say, Hey, look, I don't want to end up like dynamite kid. I don't want to end up like these guys who are like, you know, they wrestle so hard and the next thing, you know, they know 10 years later, they're in a wheelchair for the rest of their lives. So it's like, yeah. he, I think he's, I think you're absolutely right, Jim. I think he's going to push it as hard as he can go for this, this last year. I think that's why he probably is, is pushing himself with the, <laughs> the cracked orbital or broken orbital. Um, the dude is made of pure iron. Um, I think, I honestly do think, I think he, his, his, last match will be with Nigel McGuinness. And I think that'll be a fitting end to his, to his career. And, and, um, I would hope he wouldn't go to WWE, um, not to wrestle. I could see him as, as like a mind uh, in, in my, in like, if I could have a perfect reality, I'd love for him to take over NXT and fix everything wrong with it. But at the end of the day, 
I think he's, doesn't he live? He lives in Seattle, right? And he has like yeah. no plans of like yeah. going to Florida anytime soon. And that's like a full-time commitment. He would have to like legit move his family to um, Florida. And I don't think he's, he's about that. So yeah, I, I think he, he would be a great asset to pick up, but I think, I think how fitting he rides off into the sunset after his last match. And he's just one of the greats and just leaves it at that and does whatever he wants to do farming. Or um, I know he's very environmentalist. He wants to pursue stuff like that. God love him. Let him do it. Do you, another one of the great insults that Nigel, they get better and better. He keeps like pegging him cause he's, he's getting into oyster farming. Yeah. And he keeps clam calling him digger. like an, yeah, the clam digger or whatever. It's, oh, it's great. Like I, That's when they, beautiful. when he finally point, like, I'm going to lose my mind when he finally is like, Nigel McGinnis. Like, <laughs> oh, it's oh, coming. I, it's got to, it coming. has to be like, he, there's no way Nigel's taking that many shots without them doing something. And I know Tom, you said you had mentioned Nigel's like, he's really working hard at, at getting himself fixed and like. He, you know, uh, he took a picture not too long ago. He was, well, Jim, uh, we, we, I think Jim was the one who sent it to us. He was like ready to go at, uh, at, yeah. at Wembley. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was like geared up and he looked shredded. Like he Man. looked the best he's, I've seen him in like years. So oh. like I, what, well, cause it didn't, he, he got injured at Wembley, right? Right. He, that's where he broke his arm, right? No, he was, in- uh, he was injured before it was at forbidden door where he got. You that's know. right yeah because he he because he right he would know because he did he did uh zach saber jr right at wembley yeah jim's right it was forbidden door it was forbidden door too and then um he um uh okada leapt off and and it was just a, a bad spot and he yeah. elbow dropped him right on his right arm oh. yeah because i think yeah danielson missed wembley yep um because yeah okay. he was a yeah, because Daniel, it was supposed to be originally Danielson versus uh, Nigel McGuinness, but then yeah, Danielson got hurt and they had to yeah. had to scrap it. Yeah, and I think it was then it was all in, right? Yeah, or was all he I fought? hope is because because Danielson has such a a fucking amazing slap. All he needs to do is just boom right across his face, and then you know you're like, here we go. It's gonna be amazing. I can't. It's wait. gonna be great. No, it's gonna be good. No, that's yeah. So. No, I just, I just thought, like I said, thought it was interesting just to see, cause like I said, I've heard him definitely say, um, you know, it, he doesn't know what he's going to do cause he loves it so much, but you know, obviously also know that, I mean, he does, he has a very wonderful family. And like you said, he, he's really big into like farming and sustainability and whatnot. And like you said, I, I can't see him going, you can't do that in Florida. Um, and why would you? <laughs> he, he was amazing during interviews. I, he's like one of my favorite people to watch interview, like how he always is like ragging on people being on their phones. And how he's like, he, I think he, it was, um, who was it? Was it, um, it was one of, um, one of the younger dudes. He was like, uh, getting into like, like a verbal spat about like, uh, he was like, oh, you need to be on like YouTube and all this stuff. And he's like, how many books have you read this year? And he's, <laughs> he's just, he always goes after these like young dudes who are like super into social media. And he's like, how many books have you read? He's like, I don't care about being on social media. He's great. No, he is. He's great. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom, man. That'll be fun. So that's, that's, I mean, you got my eyes already if that's going to be on there for sure. So is that the only match that's been announced so far? Yep. Well, that, and then the um, Wrestle Kingdom, it is. And then whoever won the G1 Climax, that's always a given. Whoever, because then they usually do. So the G1, they'll, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. Whoever wins the G1 gets an automatic title shot, but then usually between one or two, between Wrestle Kingdom, there's usually a um, there's another like 
up and comer who wants to battle for the contract. And that's usually that's it's switched before. Usually it stays with the winner of the G1 climax. But when Okada or when uh, Omega was chasing Okada, um, there's usually like it's like I said, I remember he had a, a match and there was a, a small series with Naito, I want to say for the contract. And like it's been known to switch. It doesn't happen very often. But like I think Okada actually, that's how he got back the title is he beat. I I couldn't tell you, but he beat whoever the G1 was and then went to Wrestle Kingdom in lieu of the other person and then won the title back mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah they usually do that, I think. It's right? pretty unique because you can defend the contract like you defend yep. a title. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they usually do it like like right about now ish, I would say. I think it's like November, December ish. And then, yeah. So I don't know because I know Sonata has been they've been yakking about him lately. So I would assume it's been. It's common, you know, some sort of whoever won the G1 climax and whatnot. So the G1 point system is the most confusing. Thing <laughs> I can't it, figure it out. I've tried. So like, yeah, you're like, oh, cool. They've got like eight points, but okay, I don't understand. Yeah, one guy goes four points. and like one guy goes one and five and yet somehow still wins the tournament. Yeah. You're like, wait, that makes no fucking sense. New <laughs> Sure. What weird math are you dealing with? No. It's like rugby. You just have to trust them. Yep. You just yeah. have to trust that that's that their scoring is accurate. Hundred percent. All right. Well, that's all the news that's fit to print. Um, that was a lot. Lots happened, um, you know, and then, you know, in between that, um, there's been some good matches, um, you know. Uh, so, gents, it's time for your match of the week. Um, really interested to see what you guys think, if this is going to be a unanimous decision uh, or, or not. But um, I don't know. Whoever wants to go first. I mean, go first. What uh, what do we got as match of the week for either one of you? All right. On three. One, two, three. MJF Omega. Santana versus OTs. Oh, we were doing. I was. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! What do you think on three means? What do you? <laughs> damn it, Tom! Fucking amateur hour. What kind of? I thought we were on three deciding who was going to go first. <laughs> what kind of fuck? Gee, Tom, you've done and, some. Uh, you've done some slap nuts things in your lifetime, but this is the most slap nuts thing yeah, you've ever done. I apologize, everybody. Slap nuts. So uh, you deserve you're recording, it. You're recording Jeff Jarrett. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, because you deserve it. No, that's that's, that's how low. bad it is. Tom. Yeah, that's that's Tom. low for you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was uh, MJF, but with the acclaimed. Really interesting. Yeah. Okay. The eight right, well, tag. Three eight-man different. Tag. Wow, that's a bold choice, my friend. I think we're going to start with you then, if that's okay, Jim. I yeah. mean, I honestly thought you were going to go with MJF and Omega. So, Tom, no, I need to hear this. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, MJF equals MC squared. No, you're going to like break it. Down. So, uh, parts unknown. Um, <laughs> so, no, the reason why I picked it was um, I, I figured everyone was going to pick MJF versus Omega because that was fucking amazing. Uh, already again, a, a match of the year candidate, but. I also just, I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought it was just a great, we all knew it was going to happen, but the way that it happened and played out, I thought it was great. I thought it was very yeah. entertaining. I, and, and I know we're, we, we always like kind of like shit on the whole like sports entertainment, but if like this was what sports entertainment should have been, I thought it was great. Uh, I, I love where they're going with the MJF storyline. I was very, very confused and critical of it at first, but I, I love the the tease of the devil and MJF having to like 
go through these gauntlets of people gunning after him. I'm, I'm like loving the story. I think it's, it's phenomenal. And of course the weird shenanigans of, <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm also watching Jim's cat attack his microphone, which is amazing. Um, but I, I just thought it was really fun and really enjoyable. I, I love the ending to it. Uh, Max Caster gets the belt to the face to like, finally get that MJF approval and, and Billy Gunn screaming in his face to scissor him. <laughs> you scissor him right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was great. I thought it was really entertaining for, for, for what it was. I, I think, like I said, I think the, the whole MJF and Wardlow thing is very interesting. I, I, I we're, I think we're going to see, I think the writing's on the wall finally that we're going to finally see that, Adam Cole is unfortunately going to destroy all of us and turn on MJF, which I think is going to be brilliant. Um, so the whole storytelling, I think it was long-term storytelling that, that really, really played out. And that was really, really entertaining. But I mean, the obvious choice of course is MJF versus Omega because <laughs> watching MJF kind of like do the, I can do what you can do, but better. And when, when Omega and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself cause I want you guys to talk about this, but when Omega does the over the top and then MJF answered it, I've never seen him do that. Yeah. Like I've Wait. never seen him do that. And I thought that was amazing. So, but anyways, I'll, I'll throw it to one of you guys. No. And I think really quick. So, um, you know, I, to go back to the acclaim thing and it, I think what made it so great. Cause I like you, Tom, I was like, I'm like, okay, I know it's coming, but sure enough, I was like, okay, when's it going to happen? Oh my God. Are they going to do it? Like, oh yeah. And it's to Jim's what Jim's always talking about in that what eight minutes, 10 minutes, they told a great small little story. Mm -hmm. It was, and they like the payoff and it's just like, and I think that's what makes the entertainment aspect work is one, these guys are wrestlers that dabble in entertainment so they can pull it off, but they don't rely on it solely. But, and, and when they, when it works, how like they did it, 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 it's great. And it, 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 I thought it worked perfectly. And yeah, I, I, I popped a little bit, uh, you know, seeing that at the end when they all scissored and whatnot, it was great. And like you said, you knew it was coming, but I was hooked. You know, I think it would have been phenomenal to see that live because Oh, just the, 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 the build up to it. Cause you, and then that's the thing too, is like, like you said uh, a week or two ago, Mike, with like trick turning on Car Carmelo Hayes, we all knew it was coming. And then when it happened, you're just like, cool. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> like, but when, when, when you see that, when you, you know, it's going to happen, but you're like, dude, I can't wait. It's going to happen. Here it comes. Oh! And it was perfect. It was perfect. Cause they can bring you, they bring you in with their, their wrestling and then they're all, and, and, yeah. and honestly, kudos to, to Billy Gunn. I don't think I'd ever thought I'd say this. I think he's helping them tell that story because oh, he's, he's letting them know like, Hey guys, you've got to let this play out and, you know, tell the story, the entertainment part of it. So no, I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, I, I really want to hear, I think, you know, Jim, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll end yeah. on obviously your, your Omega, um, and MJF. Um, again, great match, but I just, again, that was one I knew it was going to be great. It's Omega mm -hmm. who's just my God, you know, you get him in there with anybody and you get MJF who is just too, like Utah continues to impress. Cause I even was like, I had no idea he could do that. Like that was crazy. Like a little rough, but like he did it. Like I was like, holy shit, you know, and that was really cool. And again, you've got one of the greatest helping you tell that story Two great storytellers. One of them was already on his way to greatness. It, you knew it was going to be good. Um, mine actually was, um, Santana now Mike Santana versus Ortiz. Um, the storyline buildup was, eh, uh, I, I think they may be playing the long game on this one, but, um, they were really playing into the fact that these two guys, I guess now hate each other, mm -hmm. um, or just really want nothing to do with them. Um, you know, I, I, I rumor is too Eddie Kingston can't even get him to talk. And I guess he's had a falling out with them. So yeah. I could see something happening here. Um, and 
I'm sorry, but wow, Santana looks amazing. And yeah. I, I loved what he did with Ortiz. I love the movie he was doing. I love his old, the whole character. And I, I really hope they're going to start doing something with this. Ultimately, I hope they become friends again. I love Pride and Powerful. I thought they were great. Um, <laughs> they had one of the best matches with the best friends, if you can believe it or not, in that, in that, um, uh, the, was it the street brawl or whatever it is, the, the parking lot brawl, parking lot brawl, which it was great. That was great. I think it got a five star too. Um, and, and they did it in like 15 minutes. It was great. I think it was first take live, you know, so I just, but it was a great quick match. Um, I'm hoping they're building to something else, but it was, it was like, a, I mean, I don't know if they didn't do it right because they went all, they, I think they went all in, uh, with the, no, it was a, you know, no, no rules falls count anywhere match. Which is a little weird, just given that they already don't like each other. I think that would have been a good buildup, you know, to kind of maybe end it. But I don't know. I think it just feels like they're going to be doing something a little bit more. And I'm I'm happy to see both of them back because I like both of them. I think Santana is the stronger of the two singles. Um, but I think it, it seems like Ortiz kind of knows, like, okay, cool, I can be you know a good mid card folly to him and whatnot. But I don't know if you saw the match. It was a real not quick one, but it opened. I think it opened or was the second one on Rampage a couple weeks ago. But um, great match, really, really great match, and I just, you know, I, it was nice to see. So, so they th- like them not liking each other is like legit. Yeah, yes. I guess they, they had some sort of fell out. Yeah, yeah, they like it was. Um, they were like taking shots at each other over Twitter, and like I guess it was like Ortiz never went and saw Santana when he was because he was he like had complete like knee replacement or so, like he was out for a long time. Jeez. Yeah, and I mean they, but they were like. They were, I used to listen to the AEW podcast quite regularly and they were on there and I mean, they grew up together. They came in together. They got each other busy. Yeah. They were like tight. And then with Eddie and them, you know, and everything. And I guess the, all three of them had, have had some sort of falling out. So really, and, I, yeah. I just thought it was like a work. I know. And they reference geez. it on the show too, like several times. So I'm like, okay, I guess they're comfortable maybe turning this into a story and you know, maybe it rekindles something, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, if they do it right, it should be fun. So mm-hmm. I I'm pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think that they're all I think they've already brushed it off and I think Mike I think Mike Santana's gripe from the beginning cuz from from what I understand part, part of the reason they fell out a big a big cause of the fallout was that um Santana wants them to go bigger, wants them to be a bigger, you know, act, wants them to be uh, you know, more towards the main event. And Ortiz is just happy to collect the paycheck, right? He's like, no, man, I'm good where we're at. You know, I'm not worried about it. And and that kind of caused a rift between them. And wow. I, I think mm. Santana is going to be proven right here. I, I, I think that he's going to get forgotten. He's going to get absolutely lost in the shuffle. And because um, you're already they're they've already moved on. They, they yeah. blew off that rivalry right out of the gate. And they're not referencing it again. They're not going to go back to it again. And poor Mike Santana has just got nothing to do now. I think Ortiz will land on his feet because, like you said, he's. I think you know he'll he'll be fine as a mid card guy. But I think Santana is going to kind of burn himself out pretty quickly, and it's it's unfortunate. It's yeah. really unfortunate. Yeah, it's a real drag. No, that I didn't know that about that. They wanted to go bigger. Um, you know it. That's a bummer. Damn, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was, I like you, Jim, again, you know, I think I was being overly optimistic there, but I, <laughs> it, I mean, it definitely felt like they were brushing it off to either keep moving Santana up or they're just like, okay, we got to use these guys. Let's just, you know, eh. but it definitely mm-hmm. felt like it was a one and done, which is a shame. Cause like, I think that that could have been a banger of a good mid card storytelling and just, you know, whoever was going to get elevated, who'd get elevated. You know, I could see it as like a, you know, Jimmy and Jay type situation, you know, where Mike Santana could have, 
really, it could have put him on the map. I think even mm-hmm. more than he already was, but Jim, why don't you bring us home, man? Um, I mean, obviously give us, give, give it to us, man. So this, this up and coming wrestler named Kenny Omega, uh, <laughs> put on <laughs> oh, that kid, <laughs> keep an eye out for him. Let me tell you, he's going places. <laughs> uh, yeah. The best bout machine versus MJF fucking beautiful. I, I best match in collision history, in my opinion, yep. uh, because again, it's, we, we've, we've said it many times and it's worth repeating. MJF is a fucking good wrestler. Yeah, he's a great character. Yeah, he's a great, you know, mic worker, but the guy can go. And he, re, you know, I love it when he gets the opportunity to just show it off. And, and he got to show it off in this match with Omega. Um, there were some brilliant fucking spots. My, my favorite, and I think a lot of people kind of look past it, but I think... Uh, as a as a as somebody who uh, who has loved pro wrestling as long as I have, I, I found it. I really appreciated the spot where uh, Omega they're on the apron and Omega picks up MJF to go for a power bomb through the table, and MJF kind of sandbags him a little bit, and Omega has to muscle him up to throw down for the power bomb through yes. the table. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was absolutely brilliant move, brilliant storytelling maneuver. Um, I, I, I just, I thought as a whole, it was a phenomenal fucking match. Uh, I love that they, you know, shook hands at the end. I don't know if you guys saw, but after they went off the air, both guys cut a promo kind of, yep. you know, talking the other guy up and, and that was beautiful. Uh, I just, it was so fucking good. It was just so, it was so Good. And like you said, Mike, um, a lot of people immediately called it a classic, an instant classic, uh, you know, and Kenny Omega maintains his position as being the best out machine. He brings greatness out of people. And and MJF has a lot of greatness in him. So it was just fan fucking tastic. Loved it. No, it was my only gripe um, before Tom definitely want to get your thoughts on, on it more was man. Shivani was terrible. (laughs) He kept like screwing things up. And I'm like, but I mean, I know that that seems silly because I mean, you know, you're trying to focus on the wrestling, but they're there to help kind of tell it too. But I mean, he, he kept getting things wrong. He would say the wrong name and it just, it, it, again, not that it really took me away from the match, but it didn't, it didn't, it, it could have been better. And I think it could have added to it if he would have been a little bit more on key, you know, and I don't know if that makes any sense. Like it brings it down like half a star for me, you know, cause I mean, obviously you've got two great performers in there, but it was just this like, come on, dude. Like you've got one up and comer who's like taken over the scene and you've got one that's already on his way to greatness. And you're just like, come on, dude, like get it together. Come on, Shivani. Well, <laughs> get it together. Shivani. <laughs> come on, Shivani. The, I mean, it can't be as bad as when Jr. Uh, announced Omega as the WWE champion. <laughs> True, that was. Eh. Um, the one spot where I, because I, I, I never know when you guys are watching it, um, where it looked like he legitimate broke MJF's neck. The mm-hmm. the dragon, the his dragon suplex that he does, and, and on top of that, he did it on on the hardest part of the canvas, of course. Well, shout out to Simon Miller. Um, that looked like he broke his goddamn neck. And I was like, God, and then, which is, which is great because it's just a testament of how good both of those guys really are. But like, that was vicious. I even, I was like, Oh, oh, oh. Like, oh man, he, I, I think he's, he's dead. I think I'm jammed out. Like, but I mean, I, I, I yeah, that was, that was an amazing match. Everything, everything about it. I, I actually really, really enjoyed uh, I mean, of course I enjoyed the match, but I really enjoyed the, the, uh, promo afterwards. 
I, I, I love it when I, I weirdly love it when MJF gets like sentimental and serious because, um, cause he, you know, obviously lives his character and he's, he has been kind of shutting that side off of him for a while. Um, and he's been, he's been more like, I guess, vulnerable if you will. Um, <laughs> but like he, he did, he, he, he was like praising Kenny Omega and he was like, you know, the, I think the one thing that proves that Kenny Omega is, is, is definitely one of the top three greatest wrestlers of all time is that he was like, you, you, you went to the show that barely anybody was at and you let me pick your brain for like an hour and you didn't have to do that. And you did it anyways, because you love this business so much and you saw something in me that nobody else did and things like that. I thought that was really admirable. And I thought that was really cool to hear that kind of like honesty come from MJF because everybody knows he's, you know, a scumbag and all that. But like, it just, it just goes to show that like, Kenny Omega. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Jim is the best bout machine and not just in the ring, but as like a, a leader, as a teacher, the, the dude's just amazing. He's all around just one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So in uh, in lieu of a spotlight um, and tis the season, well, a little past um, Halloween was this week. And, you know, um, I don't uh, I don't I don't think I brought it up earlier, but we were talking about uh, I just really had Halloween havoc on my mind. And it just it it the, the build up to it was great. And it was just super gimmicky and fun. And it was always one of my favorite. I don't know why. I just always remember Halloween havoc. Um, being one of my favorites. And that just got me, you know, just kind of going down the rabbit hole. Uh, got me thinking about just favorite characters and favorite gimmicks. Um, and man, have there been some good ones um, over the years, some some real bad ones too, which I figured we'll have a fun little conversation about it. I'd say pick, you know, four to five characters, like really good ones that stand out, you know, and obviously we can go back and forth, but, uh, and, and whatnot. But that, you know, again, even getting ready for this segment got me into thinking just about like, you know, have we, has, has the, has the gimmick gone away, uh, you know, um, because of, you know, did it really go away with the undertaker? Um, you know, if you think about it, the guy had one gimmick for 30 some odd years and made it work. Um, and Jim and I were talking about it, um, you know, beforehand is that on paper, it's probably one of the dumbest things I've had. Like if you really, (laughs) it's so dumb and you're like, this guy's made it work. Um, you know, and then I think, um, you know, uh, where it was coming back was with Bray Wyatt. Um, and then, you know, and unfortunately I think with his passing, it's, it's all but gone away at this point again. Um, you know, but I thought it'd be fun just to talk about the gimmicks, you know, um, you know, so I will lean on our esteemed, uh, senior of the group, uh, Jim, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> you can sugarcoat it all you want, Mike. Yeah. You're still fucking calling me old. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can church up the language however you want to. I know what you're really saying. <laughs> this old fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> this geriatric shit bird. <laughs> no, but Jim, why don't you, you know, just kind of, I, I figured, you know, um, I, I really getting into, you know, what is a gimmick? What, what, yeah. what is it? What is it about? And you know, why, why is it so much fun? I get, you know, and, and sure. yeah. As, as with almost all forms of entertainment, 
professional wrestling has has eras, right? And and you 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 had the the Kearney era in the early days, and and where it was you know really protected, and and we thought these guys were actually you know amateur wrestlers having a match, uh, and and you know you had the Attitude era, and you had the you know uh, ruthless aggression era, and now you have the kind of the technical era. One of the greatest eras was, in my opinion, the gimmick era. And this is where the professional wrestlers were all characters larger than life. Uh, today, when you look at the roster of a professional wrestling company, you're going to find names. And those names usually have a first name and a last name, and they're usually human names. <laughs> the gimmicks, however, were always best described as adjectives. Uh, it wasn't John Jablorski. It was the jobber, right? It wasn't, it wasn't Steve Jennings. It was the coin master, right? It was, <laughs> you, you had to have this absurd where you were a single dimension and, and your entire character was this one thing about you. And that became your entire identity. And some of the greatest most memorable characters in professional wrestling history were gimmicks. Some memorable for how absolutely fucking terrible they were and some memorable because of how much they committed themselves to the character and kind of made it their own a la the undertaker. Um, for me personally, I'll, I'll start off with what I think is one of the greatest gimmicks for its horrendousness. And that is the aforementioned the Yeti. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. Do you guys know who the Yeti was? Do you know who was actually? Yeah, it was. um, He ended up joining Raven's flock. Yeah, it was Ron Reese. Yeah, Yeah, it was Ron Reese who. Yes, I did not realize that until way too late in my life. Yes. So the Yeti really like the Yeti that everyone thinks of only made really one appearance in the ring, right? He went on to wrestle a couple of other times, but he was dressed as like a fucking ninja for no apparent reason. So it was still called the Yeti. But the Yeti is like guy dressed up with, you know, mummy wrap and everything only appeared one time and it was to hug the shit out of Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> it's the dance he does too when he hugs him. He's like, it's, it's like for one thing, look, the bear hug is already a hard move to sell, but the like bear hug with a guy spooning from the back. It's just awkward as fuck. So yeah, I, I, to me, when I think gimmicks, I think the Yeti first and foremost, uh, Tom, what's, what's one of yours? <laughs> Sorry. I can't. Uh, are we, are we, are we diving into, the the Halloween themed or are we just talking about gimmicks? Just, just like gimmicks. characters. Like, so, yeah. you, you know, like Halloween, you dress up as a character every, you know what I mean? That's what kind of spurred it on. So like, it could be anything from the gimmick era, any that that's kind of where I'm going with it. The, the, the first one that I always think of when I think of like, because I, the gimmick era was when I was a kid. So like what, what, which one like scared the shit out of me the most, but looking back on it, it's just absolutely absurd. Giant Gonzalez, because that dude, <laughs> the body suit, the body suit was super weird. But you were still just like, because he was like when he when he first debuted, it was like, well, first of all, Undertaker was like the tallest dude you've ever seen next to Andre the Giant, and then you were like, 
holy shit, this guy is towering over <laughs> over the Undertaker. I mean, he was a terrible wrestler. He was yes, oh, he was awful, horrible. <laughs> but the, the 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 way that he came out was just as a kid horrifying. Just like ah, this dude. <laughs> Didn't he have like a he he like made a guest appearance on Baywatch? Yes, right. He was like yes, a, he the creature underneath the the, the, the back of the, the pier. pier. Yeah, yes. he befriended David Hasselhoff's son. Yep. Yeah, yes. which is fantastic. I mean, he when I think of pure gimmicks, is the giant Gonzalez. He just the bodysuit. Like, what were you guys thinking? And the random ass hair patches. That's what killed me about the bodysuit. He had on his hands, his chest, shoulders, shoulder pads of hair. Like, who has hairy shoulders like that? I don't want to find out. (laughs) Oh man. Oh man. I God, there's so many. But the one that like I don't know why it jumps out at me is just because again, the, the singularity of it, um, I'm, I'm leaning in on that. And that's well, the, also the poor motherfucker is known also as the shock master, but it was tugboat. <laughs> like, <laughs> tugboat. tugboat. And then typhoon. Tugboat typhoon. And he turned when he did his heel turn, he became typhoon. Mm-hmm. It's just like I like they were the natural disasters. <laughs> yeah, with earthquake. Yeah. And I there's another guy, Earthquake. Like you mean Shark Man? Oh, oh yeah. The shark. Yeah. The, the shark. shark. Who, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. No. It just <laughs> but tugboat. Like that he'd come out like dressed as a sailor, but also he kind of looked like a tugboat. So it's just like, oh my God. And then of course he ends up, he was the shock master, um, you know, both with the glittery mask and without, and you know, enough said about that, the better, but man, yeah. When I, for some odd reason, when I think gimmick, one of the first ones is tug, tugboat. Tugboat. <laughs> yeah. Here comes tugboat. Like, uh, all right. Tugboat. <laughs> he had the classic, the classic finisher for fat guys. Oh, the big splash. Big splash. Because <laughs> if you're a giant dude, all you need to do is jump on a guy. Yeah. And it's game fucking over. You either splash or sit on them. Like, <laughs> tugboat, tugboat sat, tugboat laid on you. Yeah, earthquake sat on you. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, same thing. <sighs> like I, I love the idea of that. Like it's such a, like a old school bully move. Like yeah. I'm sitting on you. What are you gonna do? And you're like, oh, pounds get off of me. <laughs> but your butt's near my feet. <laughs> what? Oh, oh man, that's my other. That's one of my other ones coming up. So oh, maybe God. we. Hopefully we didn't spoil it. But Jim will throw. What's another good oh. gimmick for you, man? That you that you really remember. I, I want to throw in uh, an, an honorable mention, and I didn't want to do a full thing on him because we've already talked about him at great length on this <laughs> podcast before, and that is the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, oh. Steve Lombardi. That is, to me, that's he's like the Undertaker in terms of like, he owned that fucking character and oh, yeah. made it work for years and years and years. So I, I just yet again have to give love to Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about old Knuckleball. Old Knuckleball Schwartz. 
<laughs> so honorable mention, honorable mention to Steve Lombardi, Knuckleball Schwartz, Brooklyn Brawler. But but my next my next actual pick, um, I loved because I thought he had real talent, but he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay, and that was Henry O. Godwin. Uh, for oh. one thing. For one thing, I will say that the when I was hog. a kid, exactly when <laughs> I was a kid and I realized that Henry O. Godwin spelled hog, I thought I was the most clever son of a bitch on the planet. <laughs> now, mind you, I was like 12. OK, so this this is this is the mentality we're dealing with is that when a 12 year old is like, oh, that's fucking really smart. It's not. You're just 12. But Henry Godwin, I thought, actually was a good worker. And I actually thought he, he, he had a good run there. I loved the feud that he had with Triple H, the hog slot match that he had with when it was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the, oh, the yeah. blue blood. I, I like that. I, you know, when they brought in Phineas, I thought it went downhill a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Redeemed a little bit by another great gimmick wrestler, Hillbilly Jim. You betcha. Hillbilly Jim. If you, if there's one thing that we all know, it's that you do not go messing with a country boy, a country boy, a country boy. You don't go messing with a country boy. No mess with a country boy. So yeah, I thought, I thought Henry O'Godwin was fantastic, uh, and did not get his, did not get his proper respects. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought that was a great gimmick. He's just a hog farmer. I, you could go so dark with that if you really wanted to, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate they kept it, uh, very, uh, cartoony and light. Now, now Phineas was, he went to, to be in the ministry, right? Yeah. He became Midian. Midian. Midian yeah. That's right. Yeah, where well, the I acolytes remember- were torturing him on air. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then he became naked Midian. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's the best part is both Henry Godwin and Phineas were part of Undertaker's crew. They were part of the Bone Street crew, the BSK. The Bone, yeah, the Bone uh, Street. Yeah, and and it's just so fucking funny to me to think of Henry Godwin hanging out with Yoko Zuna and Undertaker and fucking Godfather, and yep. it's just such a weird grouping. But yeah, yeah, Henry O. Godwin, like I said, I don't think gets enough. I don't think he's remembered as fondly as he should. Tom, round two, round two, easy, easy choice, <laughs> easy choice, the Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> He is by far one of the most worthless <laughs> wrestlers ever. I mean, well, he was, he's what? Smash or Axe? He was Smash. He was Smash. Barry Hardlow? Barry Darso. Barry Darso. Barry Darso. Barry Darso. Also, yeah, one half of Demolition turned uh, the kleptomaniac repo man. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and watch any of his promos, him just he running around. tires for stuff. knee pads. <laughs> He used tires for knee pads. That's fucking brilliant. Why did he look like, but why did he wear the mask and like walk around like he was the fucking hamburger? Like, that's insane. I was just going to say, I have a theory about that is because McMahon, being the weirdo that he is, because he's just this insane billionaire, was like, I have to go against McDonald's. So who better to make a real life hamburger than the repo man? <laughs> like that is like I, I remember like as a kid, I'm like, I remember I, I swear I remember asking mom or dad and being like, what is a repo man and does he actually look like that? <laughs> so, so like when when you don't when you make defunct car payments and you just don't this guy just comes up and steals your car, you're like, oh damn it. 
Uh, honey, uh, I, I think the Hamburglar is stealing our car. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. <laughs> it wasn't he, he, uh, his like only claim to fame is he, did he steal a title and he ran off with it? Was it intercontinental? Yeah, intercontinental. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Well, like he just, yeah, so it and just ran. He just booked yeah. it. <laughs> and, and laughing maniacally. That oh. was his thing is that he was always laughing maniacally. Yep. Him, oh. him and, uh, uh, the million dollar man had yeah. the best laughs ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Signature. Laugh. Well, and again, another great, like, you know, Henry Godwin hung out with the undertaker and the bone street crew. Barry Darso, Barry Darso was part of that Minneapolis group with Rick rude and Kurt Hennig and the road warriors. And like, yeah. yeah. They like, all went to so school f- together and shit. Yeah. The fucking repo man used to hang out with, fucking, I, with, with animal. From the that's crazy because I always thought demolition was like the, the, the sole reason demolition was created was because of the road warriors because they it were was. like, like, Hey, we need it. We need an answer to this. And then it was it like was. four man's road warriors. Yeah. Dem- Demolition was like a rip off of yeah. the road warriors. For sure. I, I didn't yeah. know they were like all buddies. Yeah. Barry Darso oh, yeah. grew up with them in the, that part of that. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Like I think Henning, a couple of them all went to school together and yep. she, I think Rick Flair, um, cause he's a Minnesota guy, I believe. Um, no, Rick, Rick, Rick rude. Rick no, Flair's a North Carolina guy. Yeah, I thought, Rick Flair's NC. No, well, no, I know, but I thought Flair spent a good time with Gagne up in he's he ran Minnesota. I swear I thought Flair was was and Rick he was Flair worked all the territories, but I don't yeah. think he ever sat okay. down. I don't that. think him and Gagne were like good buddies either. No. I don't think I just, Gagne really liked I don't Flair know why that's because he I, that's how I found out about it. Cause I, I I swear I thought it was in his book where he talks about how they all run they, like mm. Darso used to, you know, work at some strip club or, you know, and then that's Laurenitis was there. They went to school together. They all ran in that same circle. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. Again, and he's the Wait. fucking repo man. Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and then the guy who steals everything. <laughs> and the repo man. And the repo man who's just running uh, around. Did he have a key? He had a cape. Yeah. yeah. He'd have like a little. No, it wasn't a cape. No, it, was, it, was it was a duster. It was like a duster trench coat. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to go back and watch that. That guy's so bad. He oh, was always like best. creeping around, too. That was the best part. Oh man. So obviously, so I'm going to a little bit of a turn here for my second round. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to do two really quick. Um, I went with like characters that, you know, were good wrestlers and I think just got stuck in a gym. You kind of alluded to it where I I believe you did, um, where it was like, you know, good wrestlers just, you know, either stuck in a gimmick or, you know, they, they did the best they could because they were stuck in the gimmick era, um, and whatnot. And, um, that was the Texas tornado and the Mountie. Um, it you, insane gimmicks. I love the Mountie because he always carried that, like, you know, a stun gun that looked like a baseball bat, which terrified <laughs> me. Um, and then, you know, I was actually watching a Texas tornado match. I mean, it's, it's Kerry fucking Von Eric and he got relegated to that. Um, and was also still like wrestling with one foot, uh, yep. at that time. Um, which still like, I'm like, how the hell? Cause you, you can't tell, you cannot tell, um, and whatnot. And then, um, I'm going to butcher their names, but, um, the Mountie Rougeau. is, yeah, the Rougeau, the from the Rougeau brothers and the Rougeau family, like that's a huge wrestling family in Canada. And the guy knew how to wrestle. And um, there's actually a funny story about um, I I know I don't, Jim, I know you're not a fan, but it is kind of a funny story with um, what was it, 2.0? 
I think they're both one of them's mm-hmm. from Canada or it, the, um, they're both Canadian. Yeah. Are they? Okay. So Ange, cool hand Ange and, and Matt Parker, daddy magic or whatever in AEW, Tom, they <laughs> yeah. Yeah. wanted to start wrestling and they went to the Rougeau's cause they have a school mm-hmm. and they were like, Oh, you guys look great. And yada, yada, yada. And he's like, you know, I think daddy magic or whatever he was at the time was like, no, we really don't know what we're doing. We just want to learn. And um, he told one of them to be like, oh, you know what you're doing? Just body slam me. And he body slammed him and like dislocated his shoulder (laughs) immediately. And then like like, the story is, is like Rougeau kicked him out of his camp because he like, he he was like, well, you told me to do it. And it's actually, it's a funny story. You should listen to it. But I just thought two guys that actually, you know, had good talent or were just stuck in gimmicks that they shouldn't have been. And, you know, word on the street is that's, you know, Kerry Von Erich didn't want to go to the WWE because again, they, you know, I think McMahon promised him the moon and yeah. he had to take what he could get and he got relegated. It, again, Kerry Von Erich got relegated to the Texas tornado and a lot of it, a lot of, I mean, granted, there were some other things going on at the time as to why he took it because he was, you know, struggling with drugs and, you know, money issues and whatnot and was kind of at the end of his, you know, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but at the end of his rope and that's why he took it. But like, also I've heard it, 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 it was slighting the, Carrie Von, you know, the Von Erich family that ran that, that, you know, the big territory in Texas. So I don't know. Those are my two, two gimmickies that were actually good and, you know, come from good backgrounds that just got stuck. Unfortunately, I think. Yeah. No, those are good. I, I, I'll, I'll round out my list with a a quick hitter and then a a real serious one. Um, For personal reasons, one of my favorite gimmicks of all time is the goon. Uh, I'm oh, a hockey God. fan. I am yeah. so happy you brought him up. I'm a hockey <laughs> fan. I fucking lo- and the first time the goon showed up, I squealed like a schoolgirl at how br- I was like, "Oh my God, it's a hockey wrestler! This is so awesome!" The fact that they had this guy wearing boots with. <laughs> mocked up skates in him so that he couldn't stand he couldn't fucking stand because he was wearing these narrow ass boots to look like skates and all of his matches were just him running at the other guy with a fucking windmill <laughs> like you're eight years old fighting your brother you know <laughs> like the, the, i'm gonna leave the room but i'm gonna be doing this the whole time and if you get hit that's your own fault that was his entire fucking style and it was just so great and the best part again the man behind the character the the, the guy who actually portrayed the goon was a guy named bill Irwin, who not long before showing up on WWF television as the goon was wrestling David Von Erich in the sportatorium in Texas. Think about that. Wow. Wow. He was wrestling in the Von Erich's promotion, right? He was wrestling in world-class championship wrestling. And then he's the goon. Now there's, there's, there's a great story where Chris Jericho says that, you know, is, is told the story a few times that uh, apparently he got a call from WWF in 1996 asking if he'd be interested in coming up uh, and, and t- talking about an idea that they had. And this was very early on in his career. Right. Uh, and, you know, it was before he got to WCW and uh, he just, you know, something he just didn't feel like it was the right time for him. So he passed on the opportunity and he said he's watching Monday Night Raw like two months later and he sees the goon. And all he can think to himself is, I guarantee you they were going to pitch that gimmick to me. And so Chris <laughs> Jericho, in his heart, believes he was the one who was going to be the goon originally. And it ended up going to 
My um yeah. My fa- sorry, Jim. My favorite thing about the goon is his entrance music was Yeah, the organ music. Yeah. It was just it was all in. It was all in on just fucking uh, capitalizing on hockey and it was so bad. And I fucking loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm so um, happy you brought him up. That was who yeah. I was like, oh man, if you don't bring him up, I gotta bring up the goon. Cause it's yeah. just like, oh my god, that guy. The goon is my sentimental favorite. Like absolutely sentiment. Now, now my favorite gimmick of all time is, is not a singular gimmick. Um, and it's actually, it's a, it's a, a, the guy who, if we're going to, you know, when I, when I did the spotlight on Steve Lombardi, I talked about the importance of jobbers and, and how jobbers are, are such a critical role in the industry and they should be as venerated as the superstars and all that. Right. And, and I wholeheartedly believe that Steve Lombardi should be in the hall of fame. Agreed. Well, I also believe that gimmick wrestlers have a certain gift uh, and have a certain talent that needs to be celebrated and not dismissed. And along those lines, my final entry into the great gimmicks of all time are multiple gimmicks as portrayed by Mike Shaw. Uh, Mike Shaw first came to kind of national prominence in WCW wrestling as Norman the Lunatic. Uh, <laughs> it was exactly what you would imagine what his he, name? he came out in scrubs right in the hospital scrubs and he would drool right he was kind of like george the animal steel but less charming right okay and he was managed by teddy long and it, that was his whole thing was just that he's just a, a big fat crazy guy right it was like an extra for one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah but where he really found fame was in WWF. Uh, he later on moved to WWF. His first gimmick doesn't get quite as, as much attention or as, as much um, uh, acclaim as it should. But his first gimmick in WWF is the Friar. Uh, he is known as the Friar or Friar Ferguson, and he is called a mad monk. So he is exactly what you would picture, right? He had the monk, you know, spirit. yeah. Thing. Uh, and he came out <laughs> wearing monk robes, right? And he would he would wrestle his match. But the one you will almost without doubt remember is Mike Shaw's most famous gimmick and one of my favorites to this day, Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bastion Booger. Now you might be asking, the gimmicks we've mentioned so far, right out of the gate, you know what they're about. The goon's a hockey player, right? Uh, Giant Gonzalez is giant mexican right (laughs) the mountie is a mountie right bastion booger what's his gimmick his gimmick is that he's fucking gross (laughs) (laughs) and i know that the way this happened i I wasn't in the room but i would bet all of my money that what happened is vince mcmahon one day saw mike shaw walking down the hallway and went that guy looks fucking gross. <laughs> and a light bulb went on over his head. And he said, that's going to make money. <laughs> oh, my God. And Bastion Flicker's entire gimmick was he was just a gross fat guy. He was hairy. Yeah. He was greasy. He was like had food on his face at all times. He was just a fucking slob. And he had the weirdest gear. It was this like he had trunks, but then this like st- 
strap thing kind of around his upper body and yeah it just which, which so, yeah. also looked gross yes it, it added <laughs> to the grossness of it all like, i legitimately think that they lost out I think they I think they lost out on Bastion Booger. I think that's a gimmick that could have carried. I think that's something that could have moved on. I think that's something that could have done well. Uh, but I think they gave up on it a little too early and didn't let Mike Shaw cook because uh, Mike Shaw could have cooked that motherfucker to perfection. So much love to Bastion Booger. Bastion uh, Booger. Do you, do you so remember good. his 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 I believe it was his finisher was easily one of the most disgusting things <laughs> like i can't even watch it i'm like oh my god where he would literally put his like his like fat crotch over another man's face yes yes he would he would just yes, drop down on their face <laughs> oh god it's it's one of the only finishing maneuvers where the other guy is actively flailing throughout the pit <laughs> like everybody else you know you're supposed to decimate them and right they're lifeless when you pin them no 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 the goal of bastion booger's finish was to like you lost by grossness <laughs> like you were you were knocked <laughs> unconscious for three seconds you were just too disgusted to move for three seconds <laughs> Just, just, it's it's a, it's just thrown out because you're vomiting so much. <laughs> right. That counts as a tap. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, good old so, Bastion. Uh, yeah, Mike Shaw, Bastion Booger. The man is a legend in my eyes. Oh was, man, that guy looks gross. Wait a second. <laughs> hey, I got an idea. Oh, hold on, write this down. <laughs> that guy's gross. Ching. <laughs> Look at that fat fucker. He looks disgusting. Yeah, look oh. <laughs> hey, uh, d- uh, hey, pal, do you uh, you think you could just crotch face first? The guy? <laughs> yeah, of course I could. <laughs> Come here for a second, Mike. I want to see you with some shit on your face. Can I smear some shit on your face? I want to see how it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, he's like in the back eating a burrito and it's just all over his face. And he's like, yes, yes. <laughs> so you want to I- see me, boss? Mike, you beautiful son of a bitch. <laughs> you just made me a million dollars. My God, you're so gross. <laughs> I could kiss you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I don't know how I can follow. Anything. I was going to say, how do you follow fucking Bastion, Bastion. Booker? motherfucking booger well since since you guys uh, did uh a, a bad and then a good I'll, I'll try to do one uh and i'm not gonna do it any justice but uh duke the dumpster drozy oh he was on my short list yep, i cut I him do. at the last minute duke, duke the dumpster come on uh that is just another gimmick where you're like well we've got a police guy we've got a <laughs> convict do we have do we have a, a garbage guy <laughs> just taking out the trash? Uh, and he was like, it was very short lived, right? He didn't. It was not much. It was, it was uh, um, another another gimmick that I actually liked, although he didn't really I didn't really appreciate him actually until he went to Lucha Underground is Vampiro. Because Vampiro had a hell of a run when he was doing like I think he was in AAA, right? Mm-hmm. When when he like first started, and of course he 
weirdly teamed up with ICP <laughs> WCW <laughs> and then the misfits, which was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Bad. He was, he was an honorary misfits member. And that's, uh, it, that's like WCW at its worst is I think Jerry only, uh, one of them, right. Jerry only yeah, or Jerry uh, only. Doyle gets in the ring a few times and, Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is that Jerry only desperately wanted to, he loved wrestling and he wanted to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, this is misfits, but you know, (laughs) and, uh, so I, I actually just found out too, that, uh, apparently him and sting like really hated each other because sting was like, Oh, you're ripping off my like crow gimmick. And he was like, no dude, this is like day of the dead shit. I've been doing this since like triple a and they like really like did not like each other. And that was kind of like the beginning of the end for uh vampiro and WCW was sting. Just, I, I think they had like, a like a weird graveyard match. Didn't they? And it was, it's awful. It's some of the worst shit, but I really loved his stuff when he, when he teamed up with, uh, when he was like Pentagon juniors mentor and, and that, was, very cool, that yeah. was phenomenal. He comes out as like the weird, like the old priest or the, uh, not the priest, uh, like the Pope. He comes out in the Pope gear and he's like doing his like, it's like crazy yeah. gimmicks, but an honorable mention. And I can't believe I, I hope I'm not stealing him from you, Mike. We cannot talk about gimmicks without mentioning, the legend from parts unknown doing the clown. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, he was definitely on uh he was on my short list. Cause I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, cause wow. That which, what a- which doing the clown, right? See, like cause seven. that's the thing. Cause it, a lot of people, I mean, he was it, I, the, have you seen the dark side of the ring with him? It's actually really interesting where, he was actually a, like pretty fucking good and was really into doink and like actually, but I, I think again, it's just, it, it's that classic tale of, of substance abuse and yeah. Cocaine. Matt Osborne, drug. right? Yeah. 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 Matt Osborne. Yeah. Matt Osborne. Yeah, and so, yeah, but man, the early, that, that thing, I already hate clowns. And when that motherfucker first showed up, I was like, Nope, like terrified of him. And then of course we got the classic, what was it? Wink, dink, pink and me. Yeah. Wink, dink, pink and, uh, <laughs> blink. Link, Link? So, I, I think. But the best part was when they faced Jerry Lawler's like <laughs> this little yeah. King's Court or whatever. Oh mm-hmm. my God! But oh, the golden age of wrestling. Oh, <sighs> going to clown was phenomenal. The best part was when he went bad. It was because it was like the circus music, and then it was like immediately followed by like. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, uh, doink match was when he no showed us in Rockford. Oh my God. God that's right. So better than doing excited. We made signs. We were getting hyped. We were, we were, it was going to be the highlight of our young lives was watching doink the clown wrestle in the Guilford high school gymnasium. And then the fucker didn't show up. No show. <laughs> Remember they, they like league by doink. They, <laughs> They inter- who do they 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 started just blaring Kurt Angle's music. <laughs> you remember that? And we were all like, "Wait, wait Kurt Angle's here?" Like, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people like to shit on Rockford. A lot of people like to think think down on Rockford. Oh, yeah, but it really doesn't say a lot when like doink the clown is too good for rockford like <laughs> doink was like i'm not fucking going to that place Wait, where am i wrestling absolutely not Pass. the the best part is we have to we have to tell like the full story of this eventually 
uh, highlight of that night was me losing my voice, screaming, who better than Doink, <laughs> throughout everyone's matches, thinking Doink the Clown was going to show up, <laughs> to breaking so Gangrel in the middle of the match. <laughs> and three, my favorite was, I tell this, this story all the time, is like, this is when I was like scared teenager. Uh, Jim, Jim uh, is like, hey, let's go, let's go meet King Kong Bundy. And we walk up to King Kong Bundy and I'm like, Hey, and he immediately just like goes, no. And he starts doing the money sign. <laughs> and Jim, Jim and I are like, we're not paying $20 for a picture. Like we're leaving. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I forgot like, about man, you were, And he just immediately cut me off and he's like, Nope. <laughs> like, great cool man yeah bob awesome. you're king kong bunt like yeah you, like, your big heyday was wrestlemania 2 <laughs> what was that tom he stood on the side of the ring i don't even think yeah. he wrestled no he didn't no it was just an appearance yeah. and then him and yeah. Ga- uh captain jack mm-hmm. mm. from good the times, man. good old x gross yeah. Uh, well, I'll I'll end this here with with one of my probably he is my all time favorite gimmick, and I think he lasted maybe maybe a week. Battle cat, um, battle cat. It, it's battle cat. It's Arachnaman. Um, <laughs> that's that's an Mysterio. honorable mention. In it. Yeah, that's an honorable mention in itself. Is when wrestling tries to capitalize on stuff going around, and I, this is funny. It wasn't even like Spider Man was big at the time. They were just like. Hey, let's yeah. put a guy that looks like a Spider-Man in there. And then they immediately got a cease and desist from Marvel. It was, it's so, I mean, it was literally was Spider-Man, but in yellow and blue. Yep. It was so great. I just like how Marvel's like, absolutely not. <laughs> right? like, nice try. How did they ever know? Yeah, right. I don't get it. We called him Arachnaman. Captain <laughs> <laughs> USA. It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my my uh my last pick and and it really closed us out here um was the none other than the great and powerful oz a la mr kevin nash <laughs> um, oh my god is this it's it's the best is you've got to watch they like i don't know who it has to be it, i think this is around the jim hurd era so absolutely i yeah. can see jim hurd being like this is gonna make money he only did one big grand entrance and it is one of the most fucking why it's like an acid trip gone wrong. Um, he comes out of like a castle that's fireworks and he's wearing like this gigantic head. Well, then I, I can't remember. Well, first you got to back up a little bit. The wizard who is, I didn't know this up until recently was Kevin Sullivan. He's wearing a giant head and like, you're like, what the fuck is happening? And they make this big grandiose entrance. And then, you know, he's obviously it's Kevin Nash. He's big. And he remember the move was he'd like that fucking, he'd like whip the dude. It was like the helicopter. <laughs> and it was, he literally would just heave a guy, but it just, and I think they only did that big entrance once. And it was like, what in the, what the fuck is this? And it's like, it's just watching that entrance over and over again is just hysterical. Cause it's just like, what is happening? Like what? <laughs> So, but that was my, that was my last gimmick. I, did you guys, have you guys seen that by the way? Oh, yeah. Or like just oh, ever. Yeah. Okay. I was going to oh. say, yeah. Oh I yeah. Cause, Cause Kevin Nash, he had a couple of really terrible, he had mm-hmm. Oz, he had master blaster. Uh, he, oh, yeah. Vegas. <laughs> he was Vinny Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, Vinny Vegas was terrible. Uh, the original Diesel, right? Diesel became right. something else, but the original Diesel was just, 
I'm tall with a mullet. Like that was the entire character. For the I drive a semi truck. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Oh Lord, but yeah, Oz. If you haven't seen it, folks, my God, it is. It is. It is I, something else. I like how they're like, you know, they're workshopping his finisher, and they're like, Kevin, can you just hurt a guy? <laughs> you know yeah, 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 sure. I'll just throw him around <laughs> off my shoulder. You know, you'd be great. You're really tall. What if you just didn't control their fall at all. <laughs> what, you know, let's just see. Let's just see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's like he would like put him up in like a razor's edge or so, and then literally start spinning him and he'd like helicopter him. It was it was terrifying. What do you think the the fastest way to break someone's neck would be? <laughs> you, you you guys have health insurance, right? Too late. Yeah, absolutely not. No, too late. <laughs> I just like, so Kevin, we got to come up with a big, how about I just throw this guy? Yeah. Well, could you add a twist to it? No, yeah, I think I could do yeah, that. Of course. Do like, you mind if I throw him outside of the ring? Like, literally? You want me to literally add a twist to it? Because I can do, I can spin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty graceful. Yeah. That's, that's what they wanted. They were like, add a little, you know, pizzazz, a twist to it. And he's like, okay. And he just spins around. Uh, Kevin, we didn't mean a literal twist. <laughs> Good thing they didn't tell him to add some flair. He'd have fucking Nature Boy up there for every move. <laughs> Guys, Kevin Nash takes everything very literally. You gotta be careful what you like, say. Oh, I don't understand. You want me to say woo when I throw this guy? <laughs> Imagining who's, who's this Mark guy? I've never met anybody named Mark. I don't. <laughs> Imagining Kevin Kevin uh, Kevin Nash as just a, a moron is really great. <laughs> well, he is. I mean, he's probably well, he, got, he really is a moron. <laughs> he's probably got one of the like the most I would say watchable botches when he when he did the whole adjective. <laughs> oh, well, then oh, there's that. Adjective. My yeah, my favorite gimmick of Kevin Nash's is when he blows his quads. <laughs> It's a long running gimmick. It's a career spanning. Right. That's happened how many times now, but did you, well, no, like, so that was the whole, the, the adjective thing, I guess he was shitting on LA Knight a little bit. Uh, LA Knight was like, okay. And basically called him an idiot on live TV. Yeah. In a promo, in a promo on SmackDown was like, what kind of an idiot doesn't know what an adjective is. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. I'm like this guy. And it was like, wow, (laughs) well done. Cause you're Uh, 10 times better than like, like the promos just keep getting worse in WCW where he's just like, "Uh, look what play is a noun. And it's like, no, Kevin, no, (laughs) Instead Look at the of, adverb. Nope, wrong again. It's, <laughs> instead, instead of Steiner math, we have Nash phonics. <laughs> Na- Nash sentence diagramming. <laughs> Look at the split infinitive. <laughs> Look at the subjugated adjective. Like, oh God, no, stop. <laughs> Just, just, just stop. Just look menacing. Please, please stop talking. <laughs> Throw somebody off your shoulders, Kevin. The syntax of English is subject verb object. So technically what you said is that my ass is going to be kicking your foot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about double entendres. Oh, God, no. 
<laughs> Using oh synecdoche, we can infer that what you really meant. <laughs> Look at the adjective. No, wait, I mean synonym. No, 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 Kevin. No. Look at the homonym. Fuck, what's that? Uh, <laughs> I can even see him saying doing something like, like just with like, just, uh, even I'm going to mess it up. God, I can't say that word. Sithoris. Sithoris. Yeah, like if just, that's that's just an actual book itself, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the word play dictionary. Right. Uh, no, no, okay. <laughs> Look at the word play. No, really, look at it. Take a good, hard look. Is that four letters or three? Because technically Y is silent there. So I'm not sure. Ply ply A. Is it ply E? Is it ply A? Oh, my God. Just ruins the entire, like, spot. We're just going to let Razor talk. Destroys the NWO. (laughs) That was so early on. That was so early on in the NWO. Like, I still, and I remember, like, being, like, 17, 16 or 17 years old at the time and watching that live and going, that's not a fucking adjective. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. I wasn't the best student back then, but oh, I knew yeah. enough to know, like, wait a minute, that's not right. Yeah, I'm no I'm no wordsmith by any means. And I was like, uh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, God. He, I mean, oh. if he would have nailed it, it would have been a great, that would have been a phenomenal promo, mm-hmm. you know? And then well, if, he, if he had stuck with it, right? If he had stuck with it and look at the adjective big. We're big, right? Okay, I get where you're going. But if he had said, look at the verb, play, we're not here to play, which is the way he, that would have worked too. Motherfucker, pick one, right? You can either, you got to pick one and you would have worked out just great. Oh, oh man, I think we, I, I think we're on to something with Nash Phonics. Oh man! Well, wow, that was what a what a way to end it. Oh, God, what a good, what a good ending uh, to a to a good week. Um, so yeah, well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we will uh, hopefully get back to uh, you know our regular spotlight if I don't come up with some harebrained thing to talk about. But just with Halloween, Halloween havoc, I thought this would be a fun thing and uh, you know really round out a uh, you know a lot of news. So and have some fun. So. Stay tuned. Um, I, I, I will be back with uh, more news, uh, matches of the week, and then uh, maybe a spotlight at wrestlers. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>